Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hello, I'm Andy Gibbs and welcome to Off The Wall once again, the podcast here on Anfield Index, where we like to give you a small taste of some of the content available over on the paywall side of the channel, Anfield Index Pro. Now, before we get started, I should say this show is brought to you in partnership with LibertyShield.com, the perfect VPN companion for all your entertainment and privacy needs, where you can get 25% off everything using coupon code AIVPN. Now, if you're working from home, like many of us, certainly everyone at Anfield Index, and you can get a 48-hour free trial of Liberty Shield today and immediately start encrypting your internet connection. Very important, especially if you're working uh, to, to encrypt that internet connection. Privacy is uh, very important in the digital age. Now, uh, this will stop your ISP logging traffic, and it will also bypass any geo-restricted or blocked IPTV content. Now, I was reading some articles over the weekend, uh, reading, obviously, another thing that People have a bit more time to do in this uh, in this uncertain age. And uh, I noticed a few weeks ago, obviously, that China, the first to be hit by this coronavirus outbreak, were uh, saying that there was a huge surge in DIY gardening equipment, home leisure and all these sort of industries. I thought, wow, that's a, that's incredible. You thought it would be food and things like that. And obviously food does come first. And the, the stockpiling had already begun in the UK. But uh, the big industries that are apparently now benefiting in the UK are things like fitness equipment, uh, treadmills at home, uh, exercise bikes, fold-up bikes even to go and do your exercise outside, as well as books and audio books and, and uh, subscriptions to services such as Netflix and things like that. Now, the closest we can get to audio books is to bring you podcast content, of course. And uh, we've been very fortunate in the time that we've been running Anfield Index Pro to have had many former great players. Jan Mulby does a show every week. We have the greatest living legend of them all, Sir Kenny Dalglish, who I'm lucky enough to, to host on a show once a month as well. And uh, it seemed like a good opportunity to bring you the two-part interviews that Trev Downey has uh, has recorded in the past with uh, with the likes of Jan Mulby, Paul Walsh, Matt Lawrence, and they're all out now. You can go and listen to them uh, on on this free free side. Uh, we've brought them all out on Off the Wall in the past week, so I hope you have enjoyed listening to those. Uh, I, I've listened to them back myself, and uh, I couldn't remember when I listened to them the first time, so it's uh, it's been really good to kind of touch base on them again while I've been cutting the grass or pressure washing oh pressure washing i've done a lot of that over the weekend and uh whilst ai pro if you're a subscriber you can now listen to the two-part interviews trev's done with steve mcmahon and uh, part one of his fantastically open interview with jason mcateer is also out now to feast years on we'll bring you part two with jason later this week so there's never really been a better time to go and sign up to uh to ai pro and you can do so for 30 days now more on that as i finish this segment the uh other things out on the paywall side just now, you can listen to AI Scouted. Dave Hendrick and Carl Matchett do a Premier League team-by-team team review. That will be recorded in a couple of parts as well, and part one of that is out now. There's also Scouser Tommy's. Jim Boardman is joined by a Jay Reed to give a younger perspective on supporting uh, Liverpool. Jay's formative years as a Reds fan were obviously in the 90s, so it's very interesting to hear how uh, Jim and Jay's Experiences in Liverpool, experience support in Liverpool uh, are in contrast to each other. I really enjoyed that show. I listened to it on a Sunday morning. There's also Money Talks. Mo Chatra was back alongside uh, my good self to uh, 
talk about the cost of coronavirus on football and how money will certainly be the major motivating factor in what happens next. Another one from last week, which is really worth your while if you haven't listened to it yet, is Media Matters. Nina Kauser was joined by Jonathan Northcroft of the Sunday Times. And Jonathan and Nina were discussing life without football and uh, how a mainstream media person, company deal with that scenario. Uh, quite, quite fascinating. John does uh, throw down a couple of questions that are... Uh, He's looking for feedback. He's looking to know what to write. Uh, so feel free to hit him up on Twitter and uh, and give him uh, your feedback there once you've listened to that show. So to enjoy all this fantastic content, as I said there, it's now 30 days free you can get instead of the usual seven. To sign up, all you need to do is head over to anfieldindexpro.com and there is zero obligation to continue after the 30-day trial. You can cancel at any time. If you decide to stick around, then we can't fathom why anyone wouldn't. Then, of course, the cost is only £3.49 per month. Only £3.49 per month. What can you realistically buy for £3.49 per month? And uh, Or you can pay an annual option and get it even cheaper. £39.99 per year. Only £39.99 per year. So today on Off the Wall, we're going to be part one of another Reds legend and if you remember his celebrations in the commentary box after that 4-0 win against Barcelona you'll know exactly who I'm going to talk about a very enthusiastic boyhood Red yes it's the John Aldridge story today Trev talks to Older about his early days at Newport and Oxford uh, goals were in abundance from the start and John speaks about some of the people who influenced his development and turned him into the admired poacher that his hometown club signed with a view to replacing the great Ian Rush who made his way to Juventus the football in transition was seamless for John and he's very candid about how uh, there was definitely a rite of passage, shall we say, to uh, to endure before he was fully accepted by his new teammates. Now, we'd love to hear your thoughts about uh, any of the shows we do on Anfield Index or Anfield Index Brand. The best way to do that is to join our free Discord community. It's a, it's a fascinating community. I can't emphasize enough how valuable it is in times like this as a chance to speak to other reds all around the world and share stories and debate and it's not just football there's tv there's movies uh i watched the uh the english game on netflix uh over the weekend so i was talking uh in discord to some of the guys about that right a period of football i knew nothing about the dawn of the professional age in england the uh, two guys that came down from glasgow from partick to uh the Blackburn area, uh, they played for a team called Darwin who wanted to win the FA Cup. And obviously there's the English gentleman at the old uh, public schools in England. Really, really worth your watch, uh, watching if you have Netflix. So, so go and have a look at the English game. Uh, alternatively, you can also uh, relay your thoughts to us on Facebook. Just search for Anfield Index or, of course, on Twitter at Anfield Index or at Anfield Index Pro. So let's do it. Here we go. New week. And it's the John Aldridge story. And it's Trev Downey throwing down the questions once again. Here is the interview part one. Hello and welcome to December's episode of the interview on AI Pro. I'm Trev Downey. And this time around, I'm really looking forward to a seasonal chat with another Reds legend. With a career total of 476 strikes in 889 appearances, it's safe to say that this man was a goal scorer in the truest sense of the expression. 63 of those were scored in just 104 games with the Reds. But at Newport, Oxford, Real Sociedad, Tranmere and for the Republic of Ireland, his ratios were equally impressive. Not satisfied with just a playing career, he went on to transition to become player manager and then non-playing gaffer at Tranmere for five years. A spell which featured some truly memorable results in the major cup competitions. As if all of this was not enough. As part of the Republic of Ireland setup, this man played a huge role in the unprecedented success of the Jack Charlton era, representing Ireland at Euro 88 and in successive World Cups in 1990 and 94. 
if you still need hints, then I'm afraid I can't help you. And you're probably listening to the wrong show, my friend, because I speak, of course, about John Aldridge. John, it's a real treat to have you on the interview with me. Thanks so much for agreeing to talk to us today. All right, Trev, no problem. Uh, I wonder how the festive season is treating you so far. Are you a Christmassy type of fella, John? That's for the kids, isn't it? <laughs> it's for the kids. Yeah, it's for the kids. And that's just go and have a few babies, mate, isn't it, really? I guess so. I spoke to Jan Mulby actually last night for our show, and the big man reckons he loves Christmas. But then uh, he told me that he doesn't really watch any movies or listen to any Christmas tunes. So I was kind of pushing him on it a bit, and I said, uh, come on, it must be something. All he could come up with was a Shaken Stevens tune as his favorite seasonal music. Uh, terrible stuff, I think you'll agree. Are you a, are you a kind of a, a Christmas movies man, John? Nah, nah. You've got an angle over in the morning, you watch them, don't you? That's your lot, is it? You're not, you don't, yeah, you don't yeah. get into all that crack at all. No, no, I used to as a kid and all that, but no, 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 so far, no. Look forward to the games on the telly, the football games. That's it, yeah. Just, just immerse yourself in the football. Well, look, yeah. uh, before we actually do get started on 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 the the run through your career, I want to take you back to a moment in time, which is a real kind of resonance for a lot of us of a certain age. For me, at least, it represented the moment when basically the best team that I've ever witnessed came together. You were right there at the heart of it. It's basically August '87. It's Highbury. There's a quick free kick. Peter Beersley rolls it down the line. John Barnes dinks one across to the very centre of six-yard box, and there's you heading it to the top right-hand corner. Mm-hmm. It's got the the Adidas silver kits, Steve McMahon's terrible mullet, basically the best attack I've ever seen wearing the live bird. Did you sense on that day, I know you were there a while at that stage, but did you sense that there was something really, really special starting? Yeah, yeah. I think in the pre-season, um, you could sense, you know, the way the way we were getting forward, the, the balance of the team was, was very good. Barnsley was just ridiculous good. Pizza's trickery. You know, and you know my my box wear type of thing. We had yeah. Craig Johnson on, on the right hand side. Then then Kenny went and got Ray Alton, and then it was complete. You know, um, the Ray was one of the cleverest players I've, I've played with. You know, uh, so talented in many ways. So the four of us all brought something different different to the attacking lineup, and it, it, it's a little bit like the Liverpool lineup now. It's similar because it, it was really hard to defend against. We had pace. We had guile. You know, I was a goal, natural goal scorer. We had, we had everything, you know, and it was just, just a joy to, to, to be involved, to be quite honest. It was very fortunate. Yeah, yeah, I, I suppose that's that's something that's been common to an awful lot of the lads I've spoken to. I spoke to Peter and, and Mark and, and Jan as well and, and Paul Walsh, and they all said pretty much the same. That there was a real kind of sense of, well, this is actually lovely to be part of. Um, uh, the, the, when, when you, who would you say of all of those guys uh, was probably the one that every all of you guys who were all talented footballers looked to and went, wow? A Barnsley. Was it definitely Johnny, uh, yeah. Barnsley, yeah. Yeah, Barnsley, yeah. You know, he just gave him the ball, you know, and then um, he just did ridiculous things with his pace, with his strength, trickery. I was fortunate that I'd be back towards my goal. The goal, I'm only able to take one or two touches. There's no need for me to dribble. I, mean, I wasn't a dribbler anyway, really. So I just look, get the ball under control, hold the centre half up, give it Peter, Ray or Barnsley and get in the box. And, you know, they do the rest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, it was it was just such a smash at the time, and hopefully we'll look at that a bit later on. Um, if it's okay with you, John, we've kind of kept a reasonably strict structure on the interview so far yeah. with Jan and Peter and Paul and Mark, so I'll just begin with a similar kind of question in this one, which is, basically, was there a point as a kid where you thought, you know what, this football crack, this is the lark for me, or did you ever consider an alternative? Because I know, for you, comparatively speaking, it was a comparatively late breakthrough into pro yeah. football. 
Yeah, I was. I, I always dreamt about being a footballer from when I went to, to Twampere for the first time in the mid, mid-60s. You know, I've seen the cop and I watched the cop more in the game, you know, the, the colour, the movement, the noise. And Roger Hunt, everyone loved Roger Hunt, you know, and I, I was talking about this, this man and I watched him and I thought, well, that's what I, who I, I want to be. I didn't know what, what position I was going to play at that time in football, but I made my mind up then at an early age that I want to play as, as a forward, you know, with number yeah. eight on my back, not number nine, but number eight on my back. And, um, you know, I, I always dreamed I played, so I played, just played local leagues, for the school right throughout. And then, non-league South Liverpool, where you got a few bob in your hand at the end of every week. Um, and a bit of a fiver for a win bonus, which was your ale money. And then uh, once I was doing well for them, you know, in the Northern Premier League, which is a good league, you know, I was I was spotted, you know, by uh, a friend of mine who worked with his, he came and watched me, and his brother was Len Ashurst at Newport. Uh, and the rest is history, really. But I was lucky... The fact that whilst I was getting me apprenticeship as a toolmaker, you know, I was working with Robin Ashurst, you know, and as I said before, he's Len's, you know, brother, and he just took it upon himself to come and watch me play, and he was impressed, and then came the next day, uh, the next week, sorry, um, and, and I scored a half-chicken a 3-0 win against Frickley Colliery, and, wow. uh, and that was it, you know, so it was meant to be. It was meant to be, but I, I suppose I hear stories like that and it makes me wince, John, because I think, Jesus, could a, could a talent like yourself have actually been lost to the game if, 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 a, if a fortuitous thing like that hadn't happened? I mean, was, was there was there a stage where you just said, you know what, if it happens, it happens, if it doesn't, it doesn't? Or were you still kind of secretly in the back of your mind, even at that point, uh, thinking, I'm going to get a chance here? Um, yeah, well, see, it was like the, the, the conference league now, Trammy is in. It was split into the north and the south in our days. So we were the north. Uh, unfortunately, none of them got into the league. You just won your leagues, respectively. Um, so when I was there, I knew people used to get picked up from there. So I always thought, well, you know, keep on working hard, which I always worked hard in training and, and extra training. <laughs> I just thought, you know, just keep on going. You know, score goals and see what happens. And, and to be fair, I only joined them in the, the August. And... Uh, by by March time, you know that 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 was it. You know, I'd scored I think I'd scored about fifteen, sixteen goals. And, you know, I was at well, I was I was nineteen going on twenty. Uh, was I only twenty? Yeah, I was. I was twenty. Um. So so yeah, you know, I I still had a belief that I could get there, but I didn't know where it'd end up. You know. Yeah. You no, know, but obviously you you still have a doubt in your mind. Thinking, will it happen? Won't it happen? But I was, I was really enjoying it as well, you know. You, you were enjoying the balance of football and the yeah. other way of life. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no problem, you know. And, and, and the two, to be fair, the two maker. I was just coming out my time when Newport came, come with me, and uh, I was, I was going on to eighty-two pound a week, you know, plus the overtime and ball, which was a lot of money then. Sure. And, uh, and, and then you get your money for South Liverpool. So I thought, well, this is all right. It's going to be good though here coming in. And then last year, I knew how much we were on, you know, £82 a week. And they offered me £70 fucking eight pound a week. <laughs> <laughs> £4 <pound> less. 
<laughs> talk, talk about calling your bluff, man. <laughs> he could have been. He could have been. But uh, obviously, yeah. Robin had told him how much he was testing me. He was old school, Robin. Uh, and Len was yeah. old school. So uh, I said, no, no, I want more than that. I said, you mm. know, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on like uh, £82 plus bonuses now, you know, overtime. And so people will be getting a tenner a week or whatever it is. And they went, no, 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 you, you take it and leave it. Don't forget, he said, if you get in the first team, we give you the £20, uh, was it 10, 10 or 10, might have been £10 appearance actually. Uh, and then we're on, you know, like £20, £30 a, put, uh, a win or whatever. So I went, I don't know what, he called me bluff and I, and I, and I just took it. I said, well, yeah. uh, it was only a one year contract as well. Right. One year. <laughs> wow. And then, wow. So, so I went in, the, 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 the fella who, who run the, Chicks and Fixes shop where I was working, uh, the former said, look, if it doesn't work out for you after a year, you're welcome back, which was nice. Oh, that was, yeah, that was a nice bit of security, I guess. Yeah, whether it's true or not, I don't know, but thankfully I didn't need it, you know. Thankfully you didn't need it. Would you still be a handy enough sort of a gent knocking around the house? Would you, would, would, could you could you turn your hand to a few things if you had to? I'm all right, yeah, four years doing, you know, um, steel work and, you know, all sorts of stuff. Not too, I'm not the best, but I'm not the worst, you know. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. Some of that stuff never leaves you, I guess. Yeah. As you say, you, you basically began there, what was it, kind of mid to late 70s with South Liverpool, and then you get your opportunity in the professional game at age 20 with Newport County. Um, I think you joined there in May in, in 79, and uh, if, if my figures are right here, John, it's 198 different uh, games, 87 goals over those four years at Somerton Park. Must have been a really exciting period and a hell of a football education. From what I could see, um, from what I, I remember reading about in the past, there was a Welsh Cup win there and then a remarkable yeah. win, European Cup Winners' Cup. Is that right? Yeah, we got the quarterfinals. Uh, yeah. Which was madness, it was brilliant. Um, the first year was, 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 you know, was ridiculously good. Um, he actually, Leonard Schirst actually said to me, You're staying in, I was only there for a couple of weeks, three weeks. Um, and, and he said, you're staying in Newport to do some work on you, because I was very skinny, you know, in, in the gym over the over the, 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 the summer break. Mm. So I, I went, oh, no, I want to go home. I want to I be in Liverpool, you know what I mean, for like 10 weeks, whatever it be, eight weeks, 10 weeks. Um, so I said, oh, let me go home. I promise you that I'll go to a gym and, and I'll come back, you know, stronger and better. He said, that's OK, we'll pay for the gym. I said, what the so there was a place in Egbert in Liverpool where Mr. Liverpool used to um, frequent. Um, and, and I went there. Uh, my dad was working on the roofs. So I gave myself some extra cash. I was working on the roofs with my dad till uh, one o'clock in the afternoon. And then I'd go to the gym for, for a couple of hours. Um, then go home, have a steak and some eggs. And then I'd run to me, me, me missus, my wife now, to wear house with him a couple of three mile that night and run back. So I trained really, really hard and I put on 10 pounds of muscle by the time I went back to, to Newport and I, you know, I built up my stamina. So it was the best thing I ever did to be, to be quite honest. And, uh, and he had the right few bob in the bank because my dad paid me well as well. <laughs> I like it. That's he, actually very, yeah, it's, it's like a, it's like a scene from Rocky, John. Uh, <laughs> Gobbling the steaks and, and the eggs and, and doing the running yourself and all. Yeah, and it, 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 obviously, yeah. did you feel did you feel the benefit of that immediately on the pitch? Was that kind of thing you noticed? Yeah, the the, the weight training. Uh, I've always I've always liked doing training. You know, with the old bull work years ago. 
So when I started doing the weight training, I got right into it. I loved, really loved it. And mm -hmm. I enjoyed seeing, seeing the signs of it in my body, you know. So I've done that five, from Monday to Friday, religiously, in the afternoon. I worked for my dad, that said five days in the, in the mornings. Um, and running, and, and they'd, have, they'd have a big steak every day with, 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 with scrambled eggs. And, and it would work, it worked. So, yeah, I was, I, was, I was really strong. I remember we went to Aberystwyth the pre-season. And he done like a, a bit of a, a decathlon event where we done all these running events and the weights and the discus and long jump. And I won it. I won it. So, um, you know, overall with the points. So that, that proved, you know, that it did work for me. Yeah, the all-round fitness was, was certainly there. I mean, yeah. w w with that, with that building off your body, you obviously noticed that on the pitch. I mean, that that cup winners' cup run that you mentioned to the quarterfinals. I mean, that's no mean feat for a club the size of Newport. Were, did you learn a lot of lessons there? Was it a real football education for you, or did you think? I mean, did you feel you, that your game really came on in during your days at Newport, or yeah. were you just you did? Yeah, no, I you know I always stayed behind with extra training as well while I was there. Right. You know, I bought myself some spikes. Uh, we had like a, a greyhound track around us, so I used to do like spins with, with, with athlete spikes on, you know, after training. Uh, and then I'd get the apprentices back and, 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 and the goalkeeper, and I'd do crosses and heading and finishing for myself. Uh, I'd done all that. So I was always working extra, 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 you know what I mean? Um, but but it, was, it, was, it was great because it was like an apprenticeship within football. No, four, four, four and a half years, whatever it was, with, with Newport, five years at the lower leagues. The first year was, was you know, I, I, as soon as I got into the team, I started scoring, scoring goals regularly, you know, and making goals. And, you know, the Welsh Cup, we had, we had a great, we won the Welsh Cup, which was, was, was tremendous. And, um, you know, in some of the moments, beating Cardiff for all, I scored the winner, you know, the, the final against Shrewsbury, we were in the second division at the time, we were in, the fourth division, beat them comfortably, um, and then you know, did you, you just get into Europe was was just amazing, you know. Actually, the draws went great. We played Crusaders in Northern Ireland, which was you know not not like you you go into Spain or somewhere, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and and that was we beat them comfortably. Then we played um, a Norwegian team, Hargesund, and we beat them six 0 at home. I think it was just one all away or something like that. Uh, and then Carl's Aishane, I was injured. I, I picked up an injury, like a tendonitis injury. Uh, so I didn't play over in, in, in Yena. Um, and we drew 2-2. Uh, Tommy Tan got the two goals. And by the time we come back, I was just on, I was on the bench. So I thought I had dreams of, you know, coming on and scoring a winner or whatever. But, but it, flukily, and it was a fluke, they won 1-0. We, we hit the ball, we hit the post off the line. It was ridiculous how they how they won it. It was just absolutely ridiculous. It was, you know, I still I still see it on the, the YouTube the chances we had, and yeah. uh, but it was it was great. You know they went on to get the final. We got beaten the final, Kalsaishena, but to get the quarter final, but it was no mean feat in itself. No, it's, it's remarkable stuff. I mean, as you say, you know, you're, 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 it's, it's interesting to hear that. So you're really taking on a lot of extra responsibility for yourself in terms of doing a bit of extra training and stuff like that. And I guess, John, there must have been, listening to the other fellas talking, uh, the way the, the jungle drum works, there must have been people keeping an eye on you. As you say, you're knocking in goals for fun. Like, uh, there must have been people 
watching you, people talking to you, maybe saying, oh, yeah, there could be a move here, a move there, before the move to Oxford happened? Or was there was there much talk of that? Uh, not really, you know. You get little cutting snippets, you know. Alan Kendall came to us play Lincoln when he was Everton manager. Uh, yeah. But I think they had a play called Cottrell or something like that. Eh? Um, I forget his name. He was a very good player at the time, whether he watched him or me. But we won one nil and scored a Belton goal. But he didn't go any further. Um, then you had other things. We played against Everton and played against other teams and they seemed to do well. But no, no, honestly, there was only like a Reading I heard of and uh, oh, they like lower league teams being interested. Uh, Plymouth being one as well. And um, so I was, I was just happy, you know. And then all of a sudden. Oxford came in. Uh, Led last year, there was at Sunderland, you know, uh, was on the phone to me saying, don't sign for Oxford, he wants me to be at Sunderland. It was Sunderland in the first division then, Oxford were in the third. Yeah. It, was, it was something like that. So I thought Sunderland, oh, that'd be it's a massive club, like, I thought I quite fancy that, you know, but they couldn't raise anywhere near the £78,000 that Oxford and Robert Maxwell had offered. So, uh, to a line across, I think they couldn't afford it. So it was off to Oxford, they went. And when you, yeah, the, the, the move to Oxford, although it was kind of sideways in that, I think Newport were a pretty established third division at that stage as well, but yeah. Oxford were putting a run together towards that championship by the time you'd signed in March. That's and right, yeah. Uh, I think it's you pretty much arrived there and take a little bit of a part in the title run in, but and and, and right, it's yeah. it, it's immediate promotion, right? It was. They, they were the best team in the league. I knew that. I played there, um, and I knew they were going to win the league. There's nothing going to stop them. But they had, uh, when I went there the first game, I remember they played Plymouth Rome. I think it was. And they won five nil. I thought, what the fuck did they get me for here? Yeah, yeah. Strikers, two really good strikers, who scored like four four goals between them in the game. I thought. I've got my job cut out here to get into this team, you know. Yeah. You know, I was really um, taken aback with the way they played. The, the wingers, the full basket and forward, I thought, this is going to be brilliant. Basically, getting the team. But the way Jim Smith played football, you know, Jim was like one of those. They score three, we'll score four, like Klopp. Yeah. You know, and then, and, and then I, had, I got, got into the, the side a few games, played in Newport, where we won all the scored, which was nice to play against my old teammates and, then the squad against Bristol Rovers, we get beat one at half time. I came on, we sent around thing. We tried to do one all, one two one. I scored, uh, and then you know I got a feel for it, and you know it's, uh, it's yeah, it's, 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 it's brilliant. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. You know, it's fantastic. Fantastic time, time to go to Oxford. It was a great time. And the it really, time. It, yeah, it really was an era where uh, they were coming into everyone's, into everyone's kind of vision. And by the time you guys eventually get, and we'll talk about that later on. By the time you get to the to the to the top division, you know, basically everyone's looking at Oxford and thinking these guys can really play ball. But the following season after you arrived, the, your first season proper, I think you end up up with 34 goals uh, your usual ridiculous return of of goals per season. Your ratios, John, across all your across all your clubs it's it's insane um stuff altogether it really really is but like basically that 34 goals leads oxford to a second successive promotion i mean this is remarkable stuff you really are on a roll here uh first division football is lying in wait you're banging in the goals you must have really felt like jesus i've made it here yeah as i said it was just the right time to go to oxford you know the manager you know we went and got billy hamilton who was brilliant billy oh what a great bloke as well 
you know, played for Northern Ireland in the World Cup and I knew him from there, played against him. I mean, he's a great foil for me, big, strong centre forward, you know, and, and, and I could either lead the line or play off a centre forward. It didn't matter to me either or. Um, but he was just such a joy to play alongside, like an ox. Then Ray Houghton came, oh, you know, and you got Kevin Proff on the other wing, you know, and, and Peter Rose Brown there or thereabouts. It was, yeah, and really good talented with few players. You know, it's, and we just played like, it was like 4 2 4 with the fullbacks pushed up forward as well, you know what I mean? But just brilliant, brilliant times, you know, loads of chances coming and going. Yeah, so for you, for you and Billy Hamilton in the middle, it's 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 a uh, it's 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 a candy shop stuff. You're you're it's yeah. chance after chance, and and you know as you say to play against uh, to play alongside a fellow like that who's gonna uh, you know cause a bit of chaos and leave leave opportunities for you. It must have been lovely. Well, am I right in saying Dave Langan was there at the time as well, John? Or am I am I wrong? Langan was there, and again, Langan was like a, a winger himself. You know, he's a yeah. He was like a winger. He was, he was up and down. What mention? Another great lad. We had a great. Great camaraderie in the dressing room. Some really good lads, funny, funny lads, which helps as well, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And like I say, I was really, really aware of of, of that side and and the the standard of football that you guys were playing. Even necessarily the results didn't always go with you when you came into the first division the following season. But like it's promotion after promotion. Then you arrive in in, in the top division. I think twenty three league goals in your first season in the top division. That's incredible. Again, um, did you notice a real change in the standard of football though, John? Did you was there was there a discernible jump in that for you, or was it maybe not as pronounced as it is now? Better players, but I, I was always like confident of getting chances whoever I played against. You know, I always knew, you know, that I'd, I'd, I'd score goals just the way it was. Um, and we had, we had again, we had really good players, and again, we played attacking football. Even when Jim went to QPR, you know, Morris Evans took over. We we didn't change. We 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 tried to defend as best we can, but we we tried to get forward as much as we could as well. You know, and with the players we had. You know, then you, you couldn't help but try and try and create. Very, well, we had a lot of creative players as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Chances, chances all over the place. And say, Trev, I, I was like when we got in the first division, division there. Um, I was the, the fact that I was scoring a lot of league goals. I was, I was really uh, determined to do that to show clubs because I, I thought I'm up the ladder. I'm, I'm not getting any younger. I'm thinking well. Really, I'm thinking now, now make the time, because we always struggled to stay above, our head above water at Oxford, you know what I mean? But now might be the time, if, as much as I love Oxford, and I did, you know, I wanted to get to the top, you know what I mean, and, and try for, you know, especially I've been playing Wembley for Oxford and winning the World Cup, I wanted to, to get, you know, more, that gave me like this, the sense, oh, what's it like to be at Wembley and, you know, and, and, and to win things and all that, so, I was really hoping that, you know, someone would, would, would come in for me, you know. Hopefully, yeah, and it would, and it would have been Liverpool, ideally, but, you know, that would have been, a, that was a dream, like. That was the dream, obviously, and and like you say, I mean, it, it was basically like, uh, yeah, I can do it now, and this is a great shop window, so fingers crossed yeah. people will come in, and again, I'll ask you the same question I asked you earlier on, were you a where at that point now like I mean basically over your, your Oxford career you've got 90 goals there and 141 appearances I mean that's bananas you must have been at this point in your career like I was asking you earlier on getting the occasional little uh, word in your ear uh, we'd like you here or we'd like you here no really it's, 
it's funny because in them days, you know, they didn't move like like uh, like footballers now. They move freely, come and go all the time. In them right. Days, it didn't it didn't work that way in many ways. Obviously, you, you get little snippets like Wofford were in the first division under Graham, Graham Taylor, and uh, they were interested. And then I think Arsenal was linked with me, and uh, you know, you get a few links and all that, but not never. Maybe they they, they might have talked to the the manager bit like um you know, I didn't hear nothing. And I I, I had my first agent called Eric Hall. Uh Monster Monster they call him in in, in, in in London. You know. <laughs> so uh just um I didn't hear nothing to be quite honest now. That, that that I have to say that's surprising because like I say with with the with the rate you were banging them in at it's quite unbelievable you know I you, I imagine even if you weren't hearing it there were a lot of people thinking about you certainly uh, Liverpool thankfully were among those admirers and I think you had already 15 league goals or 15 goals overall in the bag by the time in January '87 so halfway through a season Liverpool do come in for you now before I ask you about how that move came about I'm very interested in the kind of machinations of that how that worked. Were there other options available to you in the immediate? Once you heard Liverpool come in, did that did that that open any sort of doors, or was it just Liverpool are in? The manager says it to you. How did that work? How did you? How were you made aware of? Well, we played Manchester City, uh, at Main Road, and Bobby McDonald. We were roommates, and the phone rang about half past ten in the morning, and he answered it. Uh, I said, "Oh, I said, oh, he said, John, I wasn't called all over there." He said. Uh, Scully, I'd call me Scully after Scully on the, on the telly. He used to be a Liverpool fan called Scully on the telly. He said, Scull. He said, uh, the manager wants you. I said, what, what do you want me for? He said, ah, there you go, lad. It's your move. You move, come. Liverpool and all that. He used to have me on the lads. I went, oh, they got I went into his room. It was strange. He said, uh, he said, John, um, I've accepted an offer from, from a club for you. I thought, Oh, who's this coming in now? I don't, 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 I I did not. I just got smacked. You know, obviously there was all, all over the news that Rushy was going. To, he was leaving for Juventus. Anyway, we all knew that. Yeah. And but to be told that before the game as well. You know, it, it just got smacked. It was really a strange piece of management. You know, and you know I had so much respect for Morrison. He was a lovely, lovely man. Um, a big, big respect for him. Um, but I went and played shite that day. I was <laughs> <laughs> well, your head's gone, John. Your head's yeah. got to be gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it should have made me said after the game. We got beat three 0 You know, and I was I was poor. I was poor, yeah. by the way. But you know, my head was my head was in a bit of a mess. Your head's, um, your head's an Anfield, man. You know, that's yeah. that's that, like what else is it going to be? I, 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 I have to I'm say, going back, I'm going back to back home since what the thing the coast broke down as well. I'm there for about two hours on the M6. Always remember. Oh my. So by the time I got home, like me, 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 nerves had gone thinking about Liverpool, and I had to meet Mr. Maxwell and uh, to manage it the following morning. Um, yeah, yeah, so you know, I thought, what's going on here? This is, this is crazy. 
And then I went into Perg and Lopez the next day. Mr. Maxwell was there, the, the manager was there, and 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 Jim, the, the secretary. And so he, he just starts going through the motions. Robert Maxwell, he said, there, well, John, you know, when you finally you move that you've always wanted, the team that you've always loved, you know, um, they're coming and made a £750,000 offer for you, and uh, we've accepted. Uh, and we would never normally do this, but we know how much you want to play for Liverpool. I said, okay. I said, thanks very much. Really appreciate it, uh, Mr. Maxwell. He's the chairman. He said, uh, he said yeah, he said, um, uh, who's the best, highest paid player? I said, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Maybe Kenny Dalglish or Ian Rush. I don't know. And he got on the phone to John Smith straight away, the Liverpool chairman. I thought, what's he doing? And I got on the phone and I always remember, he said, Smith, I've got John here with me. I've just told him that, uh, you know, he'll be joining Liverpool and yourself tomorrow. I'm very excited, blah, blah, blah. Um, but uh, uh, I want him to be the top paid player along with Dalgleish and Rush. I was oh, for fuck's sake, he <laughs> 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 can't do that. <laughs> but that that was that was he, he was he was naive with football was he, and he, to be fair he was trying to look after me there and then and, and anyway he, he then said obviously John won't be able to join Liverpool to wear out to the FA Cup and I was oh dear me what what I couldn't <sighs> so anyway you know. We stayed, so we got knocked out the FA Cup by all the shops, you know. And all sorts, so I moved then. But also, he said on that meeting, uh, he came back to the table and said to me, Well, John, now that you'll play for Liverpool, you'll be playing for England. And I went, uh, I, I played for the Republic of Ireland, Mr. Maxwell. I've, got, I've had two caps for the Republic of Ireland. It doesn't matter. When you play for Liverpool, you play for England, John, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> So that was a little bit of naivety of Robert Maxwell, you know what I mean? He actually didn't yeah. realise that I played for Ireland. Yeah. I think a fella like that was, uh, you know, he, he, he probably lived in a different kind of entitled life than not many of us get to lead, where, where whatever Absolutely. he says goes, you know. Yeah. John, I know uh, Kenny Dalglish had been linked with uh, David Speedy and Charlie Nicholas around that time, yeah. because obviously as a, as a young fan, I'm, I've got my ears cocked all the time to whatever news is going on. And, and you know, we're over in Ireland, you just... You, you, it's newspaper talk is all you get yeah. and it's very compared to now it's nothing really but i do being uh, recall being absolutely chuffed when it was you that joined because i mean you know there was obviously as you said a few minutes ago there's the irish connection but also like uh, we're watching you banging in goals far more than those other two guys were doing and that first half season you know when you were there um it was one of those alternate campaigns that kenny seemed to have where you know Basically, there was nothing really won. You know, the league certainly wasn't won. Um, but you got to settle in and play alongside the best players in the country, if not the continent. Talk to me about those early days, that settling in period for you. Um, did you immediately gravitate, for example, to the likes of Steve McMahon, or was it was it a very welcoming kind of a dressing room? To, to be honest, it was a little bit. Um, oof, what's the word? It was. It's a word. Um, I'm moving. I'm going to a dressing room where it's full of my heroes, really. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know, pretty intimidating, right? It was, yeah, in many ways. I wasn't really, really intimidated about taking over from Rushy. 
because I knew with these players alongside me, I'd get more opportunities in the first division. Uh, and I knew it was a goal scored anyway, so I knew it scored the goals. That was the problem. It was actually mixing with with the lads and getting to know them because every time Oxford or Newport had, had played, I was always on the, on the radio, the radio to see how Liverpool got on. These lads played, you know. It was all mixing directly with the lads. I knew some of the lads like Ronnie, you know, uh, Jim Beglin, you know, I, I spoke to Rushi and, and, and Bruce Crabble and a few of the lads after games. So the lads, the lads were sound, but they, they tried to put you in, a, in your place, you know what I mean, quite cutting, tried to take the piss out of you. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, uh, I, I was brought up in a place in, in Liverpool called Garson where you don't let people take the piss out of you. Um, so, you know, I, had to, I, had to, I stood my ground, to be fair, and like Alan Hansen in particular, Alan, you know, they tried to really cut you down and stood, stood up for myself. Yeah. I stood up for, let them know that I'm no walkover, you know. Yeah. And I, and I think they respected me for that. You know, like Steve, Steve McMahon, like he was a local lad like myself from the south end of Liverpool. So we got on. Um, I got on with them all in the end. It's just that settling in period. The right was there. Um, it was, yeah, it was. Um, it was intimidating, to be quite honest. But, I like you know, the I, I like the honesty of that, John, because an awful lot of people wouldn't tell you that, you know. They- it wouldn't tell you that. But that's what happens when you get groups of men together. You go in, there's a new guy there, and you test them out, don't you? You yeah, see, yeah, yeah. What's, what's, this, yeah. what's this guy got? And people poke and prod and poke and prod until you, until you either have to stand your ground, like you say, or you just keep laughing it off. And I think even laughing it off doesn't really work. You, it, it eventually comes to some kind of a confrontation. Interesting that it was. Yeah. Did, did, it, did it ever come to anything halfway serious, or was it just always kind of, you know, training ground nonsense? No, you just had to, you know, I was brought up never to be bullied, you know, yes, yeah. I'm not saying it was bullying, but it was testing, you yeah, know yeah, what I mean, yeah. and, and Alan, Alan, Alan Hansen was the worst, he was the captain, so he would, he'd be the one I'd test him, the, maybe he sold to test out, so um, I always remember, you know, I thought, well, Chucky's going a bit too far here, like, you know, yeah. and I remember in, in the, we played the five aside, so a ball went in the air, we I said, I'm feeling we were, we were traveling to London the following day, I think. And I thought, this is it, you know. And you're not supposed to go anywhere near a player on a Friday before the game, you know, in case they get injured. So, to be honest, the ball was there 50 50. got the ball, but I've, I've made sure I smashed Alan, you know. <laughs> not hurt him. Not hurt him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I put him on his ass, you yeah. know what I mean, to let him know yeah. that, you know, you know, I'm not a nugget. You know, so, <laughs> so that was it. And I think I gained a, a respect from that, you know, because you have to, you know, just stand around and let people know, you know. But I got on, I got on with every one of the players, you know, no problem. So we got on brilliantly, I'd like to think so. Um, and I'm, you know, I've, I was always a joker. I've always been a joker in the dressing room. Yeah. You know, because that's the way I've been brought up. You know, you kind of have to earn that, don't you, John? You yeah. know, in a new group, you have to kind of earn that status where you can be, you where do, you yeah. have to take the piss out of somebody else. It's 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 just one of those hierarchy things, isn't it? You know, yeah. you just, you work your way up, you know. I, I'm actually struck by that. Mark Lawrence told me a similar story, basically, about one of his clubs he was at, where basically, uh, you know, on the training field, he was he was getting, you know, kicked and kicked and kicked. And, and then he turned around eventually. It was Arthur Cox putting him on the spot. And eventually... Yeah. He kind of gives him a bit back, and Cox gets up, dusts himself down, and says, "My work is done here." Basically, he just wanted yeah. him to. He wanted him to, to to stand up for himself. It really is. It's a tough old kind of training. That's old school. In, in them days, it's old school. Yeah, it was like that. Yeah. 
football was you, you had to make sure you weren't crushed. But you, you know, you stood up to anything that was thrown at you. Mentally, it was tough. You know what I mean? And um, all them little players, that was a test. And it goes back from Sheffield, whatever. I was tested mentally as well as physically. You know, and and they tried it out. You know, and the 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 I benefited from it big time. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you say obviously that you weren't, you didn't feel because obviously you were confident in your ability as a player, but and so you weren't intimidated necessarily about the idea of eventually having to fill Rushy's boots. But they're big boots to fill, as you well know, having played alongside yeah. him and become yeah. friendly with the man and seen him uh, as as a player that you would have looked up to before you got to the club. Um, absolutely, yeah. But I, I'm wondering, John, you know, the fact that you were. A local guy the fact that you know uh that you you had the record you had in terms of goals going that people just could not argue with i mean they just stand for themselves you know the fact that you you have to go in there and, and, and you know in theory replace or or, or uh, in some way substitute for like one of the most feared goal scorers on the continent uh, yeah. did, did, did you reckon there was something about the fact that you were a local man that you had the the, sco- the goal scoring record Maybe even psychologically, that you weren't that dissimilar in looks from Rushy in terms of general appearance. Do you think? Do you think things like that really made a difference in in, in how the fans took to you immediately? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. People used to get us mixed up, you know. Um, but you, on the pitch, we did look similar, although I ran differently to to Rushy. Did different run style. Um, oh yeah, I was a, yeah. Di- a different type of player. Um, you know, I was, I was more of a box player. She was outside the box, and you know. Balls coming in from from the wings, but no, I think people take t- you through you who you were, you know, and who you are, and and by the goals you score, you know. And um, I was lucky that you know, I I, I, I fitted in. I scored on my full debut. We won one 0 against Southampton, which was huge for me. Um, and then the next game I started was Chelsea, we drew three all. Um, I scored there, and then I scored nine nine league games on the bounce. After that first season, so straight away, you know the pressure's off, you know, and, and plus we were taking the piss out of teams to be quite honest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That side that you come into, it's ridiculous. I mean, uh, like at that point, by that stage, um, Dalglish isn't playing at all anymore. You know, he's uh, yeah. he's that's that's the season he stops completely. Um, I'm wondering how was he to be around as a gaffer in those days because like I never ask any other lads about this because it, like that's a part of your life that really it's tough for fellas to get over not playing. Um, yeah. I, I imagine I know from from reputation Kenny's a spiky enough kind of a character, but I imagine he was kind of extra grumpy that year, was he? <laughs> <laughs> he was all right. To be fair, he was all right. You know, he was used, he? To, used to play every every day. Train. He trained with us every day. More sure. So yeah, yeah. He, he was still. So. He was still. Oh, he was still brilliant to shield the ball long and off. You know what I mean? But he made his decision to bow out, and, and that was it. You know. But um, you know, he obviously took on other other traits regarding management. Had to learn different ways of that sitting back and, and talking to likes of Ronnie Moran and. You know, Tom Saunders, who's still about, and Johnny Benison, and, you know, there's, you know, Joe Fagan, you know, along with Roy Evans, you know, he, he, he'd have to listen to all, all what was going on with, with, with them, you know. The other chaps I've interviewed have said that basically the heavy lifting on the day, the day-to-day stuff was basically done by Roy and Ronnie and the other names that you mentioned there. I mean, what did you think his contribution was, Doug Leach, in terms of leadership in the team, like as a manager? 
you know, aside from obviously pulling all you guys together, which he deserves tremendous credit for, what 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 did you th- what was it that he brought? Was it was it that kind of idea that like look, he's one of those guys you can look up to because he's been there and done it, like maybe like Jared is with the youths today, you know, yeah. that, is it that so. kind of thing. I think that's the way to. If you're looking at Steve Gerrard now, it it would be that sort of sort of role. But he, he obviously was listening to the people around him, you know, more yeah. than he had his own opinions. Obviously, the thing is, I, I went in seeing Kenny because uh, when he bought me in the Feb, early Feb, late chat, you know, I didn't um, I didn't play. You know, the one one game I played uh, while she was suspended. Um, and, and then Chelsea, the very last game of the season. So I went and seen him. And, um, oh, God, I, I don't know what, when it was. I said, look, what what have you bought me for? I said, you know, I'm, I'm super all the time. I'm not getting on, on the pitch. And, you know, I'm not doing it. He said, you're going to have to, you know, be patient and wait because you bought to replace Rushi. He said, and the way we play now is through the middle. Um Rushi plays through the middle, you know, off me or, or off Jan Mulvey or whatever. That's the way we play. With you, we're going to change it completely. We're going to get wingers. We're going to get players that will create the opportunities, what you're good at, what you will take. And we're going to go wide and we're going to go in from wide positions to you. So just trust me. So so I did. I trusted them and, and, and to be fair, he delivered. You know, Barnes, Beasley, first of all. You know, piece of behind me, as we were talking before, Barnes on the left, frightening, then Ray Alton on the right. It's bingo, it's Charlie in the chocolate factory. (laughs) It's just, you know, just the balance was ridiculous. But then I couldn't understand when Rushy come back because he's got these players that are going that wide. It's contradictory. But Rushy's Rushy's not bad from wide position, don't get me wrong, but he was through the middle type of thing. So I thought when Rushy came back, I thought, well, What's, what's Kenny done that for? They're great to have a squad, don't get me wrong, but, but we were fluent, everything was great, and I just thought it was strange, you know. It was really strange because we, he changed, he changed when, when Ian had gone. He changed to go the other way and come in, and he bring them, a player back and plays through the middle. So that yeah. in management games for me was very contradictory. Um, but you know, I, I stayed and I actually scored more goals. You know the the second full season rather than the, the, the first full season, which is which is strange in and of itself. But you have brought us nicely back to where we kind of opened the pod, which is the uh, eighty seven eighty eight season, which we want to look at in a bit of detail and uh, the departure of 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 Ian Rush that yeah. summer and the arrival of John Barnes and Peter Beardsley. So let's talk a little bit about that, and we will draw a line on the proceedings for part one at that point. Thank you for listening to the first half of this chat with John Aldridge. If you've enjoyed it. Tell a friend, get them signed up to AI Pro, and then you can compare notes on part two, which will be with you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.